Jake Knapp is the inventor of the design sprint and the New York Times bestselling author of the book Sprint. He's also the co-founder of Character, a venture fund for early stage startups. How and why did you start using Miro? I came from this position of thinking, I don't want to be doing stuff online to thinking now when I do a sprint in person with a company, it's like, we're going to use Miro, even though we're all in the same room, because that's a better way for us to get this work done. As an investor, we're basically investing in their ability to solve problems. We're saying, we think this group of people is going to be able to solve a problem in a really great way and create value by doing it. And actually, you need to give people the tools that can help them make decisions, help them collaborate, help them visualize and see things in a different way. And Miro does all those things. So to me, at least as an investor, I'm thinking, give the team the tools that are going to help them think, that are going to make the most brighten their, their skills as smart folks. And Miro is at the top of that list. M-S-W Media. Welcome to Teacher Quit Talk. I'm Miss Redacted. And I'm Mrs. Frazzled. Every week we explore the teacher exodus to find out what, if anything, could get these educators back in the classroom. We've all had our moments where we thought, what the hell am I doing here? From burnout to bureaucracy to soul-sucking stressors and creative dead ends. From recognizing when it was time to go to navigating feelings of guilt and regret afterwards, we're here to cut out the gaslighting and get real about what it means to leave teaching. We've got insights from former teachers from all over the country who have seen it all. So get ready to be disturbed. Join us on Teacher Quit talk to laugh through the pain of the U.S. education system. We'll see you there. Hi, I'm Frances Callier. And I'm Angela V. Shelton. We are Frangela and welcome to The Final Word! The Final Word with Frangela. The Final Word. Frangela. The Final Word. The Final Word. The Final Word. The Final Word. We're back. We're back. Thank you. We just got back from an incredibly fun show in Chicago as part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network, which we are, of course, a huge integral part of. Yes. And we blew the house off, the, the roof off the house, but we blew the house off the house, too. It was house music. It's blown up. It was blown up. And then blown up. I, I also have to say, you know, I mean, the potluck dinner, the, 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 the step heads, the, the step heads, the, oh. I mean, the love. Oh, my oh. God. We got to meet and hug on Kevin, the hilarious gay. Yeah. Hello. And his wonderful husband. We got to uh, hang out with, obviously, Karen from Chicago, our boo-foo-foo-foo. Yes. And Kate and Scott. Oh, and Katie B. Kelly and, and Natalie. Kelly and House. Scott, we love you. Kelly House. And just everybody. Everybody. Ursula. Everybody. 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 Katie B. Stuff. made us mushroom barley soup that was delicious. Delicious. Oh my God. And 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 we were eating it with a fork. That's how good it was. <laughs> Backstage and brownies and cookies. It was all too wonderful. Um, great, great show. Great. And we've got one more left in Los, Los Angeles. Angeles. If you gotta if you gotta walk here, start now and yes. come because you don't want to miss this show. You don't want to miss this show. Okay. We want to thank everyone at the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network and over at MSW Media. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you're not listening to the podcast there, I don't know what you're doing. I really don't. With your life. And today, the day that we're recording is, in fact, Stephanie Miller's birthday. Happy birthday. 
Happy birthday to you. And that is because you only turn 41, you know, well, okay, maybe, maybe three to four times if you do it right. Okay, that's right. You know what? I'm looking forward to my 41st birthday. Oh my gosh. I mean, but Francis, don't you have to hit 35 first? I do. I do. <laughs> like, it's amazing, isn't it? It is. Um, yeah, so happy birthday. We love you. Um, we we hope you're, that you are uh, biking right now. Right. I hope that, she, I hope that seat life. is shoved up your ass as far mm-hmm. as it can get. Her her girlfriend got her new bike shoes, I heard. She did. And not a good girlfriend. She Aww. knows. She knows Miss Stephanie. She knows. You know what? You know what? You know what? I love you, Stephanie. I love you. It takes, uh, I'm going to tell you something. We're fragile at this we point. We are fragile. And I know it's hard to, to see that fragility through the absolute violent rage, but it's there. It's so it takes very little to touch us. And I really thought for a second you were about to cry when I said bike shoes. <laughs> she really looked like she was about to seriously weep. You know what? So, you know what? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. My emotions are on mm, the top. They mm-hmm. on they at the place where they're supposed to be. Oh, okay. here's a something something funny, bitch. Somebody recently accused me of being vague. What? <laughs> it's like ah. They said, I just I don't know how you feel about the- <laughs> this is the most ridiculous that's all, thing. That's all we do is tell people how we feel about shit. That's whether or not they want to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's my job and my hobby. Yeah. It's my, oh. my vocation and advocation. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's part of our heart and our mission. Okay. We want to say thank you, MSW Media too. We and Allison Gill and everybody over there, the Daily Beans, you should be checking out all of the podcasts because yeah. these are the people doing the work to make this community so that we can get back our country and and just gearing up for what I believe in November is either when we acknowledge the Civil War or when we put this this to rest. That's right. Okay. And speaking of rest, thank you. <laughs> that was a horrible segue. Thank you to all our Patreon supporters. I'm not sure it even counts as a segue. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It, wasn't it, was just, it was just, I moved on. Next. I moved on. I, next. Done. Next. <laughs> like, that should be our new. <laughs> next. Done. Next. <laughs> you know what? We should, we should steal that from McLaughlin. Next. Oh, is that how he did it? Yes. I just remember him being like, he would just render the judgment, right? He'd be like, you're all wrong now. (laughs) (laughs) You know? (laughs) So awful. How old are we? So old. But that's okay. I love me. I know. Uh, Listen. (laughs) Listen, listen, listen. Thank you so much for being a Patreon supporter of this Black woman owned. And thank you for pointing, you know, we got to meet some of our Patreons in Chicago. We cannot thank you enough. Well, seriously, we, enough. we know times are hard. Not everybody can do it. But for, think about it. For just $5 a month, you can keep two Black families alive. I mean, it is, I mean you're doing it. You're doing it. Let me you tell you You've been doing it for the last two years. We This is the only regular income we get. So we thank you. We thank you so much. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. And you know how we thank you? You know what we do, Angela? I think I do, Miss Francis. We give you three (laughs) micro idiots a week. Not one, not two, but three, three, three. And we uh, we just we go deep, deep, deep. So go come on over to Patreon. And if you need a specialized video from Francis, pick me up. You go to cameo.com. 
That's right. And let me tell you something. I, we aren't like Snoop. Our cameos are reasonably priced. Yes. That's they are right. affordable. We can say happy birthday, happy anniversary, something, tell your children to go to bed, whatever you need. Yep. And always catch us on the third hour of the Stephanie Miller Show every Friday for the Black Power Hour. And what happens, Angela? That's where Stephanie Miller becomes Stephanie Mills and Stephanie Mills somewhere finds herself riding a bike. There you go. It's mad. And it's always, you know what? And she's riding her bike and it's always her birthday. That's right. Oh, but and she's forever, whatever age we're going with. Yes. Yes. I think that she could hit. I think she could do 37. I don't know why she's doing 41. You know what? She I would was, say 35, but 37 of the process. And you know what? And I like, I like that. She's, she's like, you know, she ain't saying 39. My mother used to say I'm 39 and holding. Yeah. That would remember that from, uh, from bingo 39 and holding. holding. Yeah. <laughs> that was my mama. That was my, that's how my mama said it. That's beautiful. Here we go. Our hearts, our minds, our prayers, our spirits, and, and, and our pocketbooks are with, our brothers and sisters in Florida and on the coast, because this storm is just blowing through. And it, this is a messed up storm because we're, there are many areas it's going really inland. There are many areas that are still waiting at this moment for right. the, for the worst of it to hit them. But then girl, then they keep talking about how they expect this storm to turn around and go back. <laughs> well, did you hear that? Did you hear them talking about the dirty end of the storm? I was like, what kind of a bitch ass storm does that? You gonna come back and hit me when right. I'm already down? Totally. No, bitch, you're supposed to do your damage and move the fuck on. And move on. the fuck on. Let a new storm have some shade. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, this is just, and it, and it's, it's, it is to, in no way to make light of, because the reality here is, it is, we don't even know. It, to me, when you hear, I have not, actually, I don't remember the last time I've heard, besides Katrina, I have heard people during a disaster say, yeah, we're not going to be able to tell you what's happening and how bad it is for a while. And in fact, they were talking about those sort of the barrier islands. I forget what yes. they actually are called, but that like they were on air saying, if anyone gets a phone or, you know, internet signal there, could you please let us know how you are? Like they didn't, they, last night. Right. right. Um, it is of course the biggest story as it should be. Uh, yes. There's, the, it, it will be, I think for several days. And I think, you know, I was really happy with MSNBC's coverage in terms of addressing Ali Velshi, especially every time you cut to him, him addressing the realities, the economic realities of this problem, you know, without obviously not paying attention to what's the human costs and making sure yeah. that people are safe. But this idea that he's like, I'm in an area right now that is well off. Yeah, that's you know, this is new construction, right? This is new construction. He's like a lot of it. Yes, it's going to be damaged, and some of it may actually, you know, be destroyed. But these are places that poor people probably have insurance, and and where they're going to be able. There's a lot of this state. You know, Florida is not a wealthy. It's not a wealthy. They have a lot of lot a lot a lot of impoverished working class and below working class people. Let me tell you first of all, this is my mother. I will start with myself a story about me because my mother moved down to Punta Gorda in the nineties, built a home there. And you, that's all you've heard about on, mm-hmm. on the news is Punta Gorda, yeah. Punta Gorda, Punta Gorda. I was down in Punta Gorda in 2004 for Charlie, yep. which was the last biggest storm. Okay. Which was tiny compared yeah. to this storm. Mm-hmm. Charlie, you could fit four or five Charlies into this storm. This yeah. storm, the uh, Florida is only 200 miles 
you know, with. Yeah, but so you could drive it in like that's what, right. five, six hours or something or this, less. This storm in is 500 miles. Mm-hmm. Going at eight miles per hour. Which is so messed up. That is so slow. So like, slow. Just hitting dumping, everybody hard. Hitting, dumping, they're dump, it, it is dumping two months of rain into already saturated ground. So that is why, and so, and here's the thing. I remember when I was young, remember when you, I don't know if you had, did you have social studies when you were a kid? Yeah. And we talked about, and then we talked about, you know, and we would talk about global warming and we talked about what would happen to Florida and people having to move inland. Mm-hmm. And that seemed like such a George Jetson far, yes. far flung. Like not your children, future. not your children's children, but someday, someday. in the future. Someday yeah. when dinosaurs are roaming again, that mm-hmm. could happen. Yeah. That moment is now. That moment is now. It's now for the Palestinians. It's now for the Floridians. It's yeah. right the fuck now. And to your point, Angela, going back to scoop up to what you were talking about financially, you've got nothing but seniors on a fixed budget. Yes. Who have moved down like my mother. And mostly people of color. Most of the population growth in Florida has been over 90% people of color, although the governor DeSantis would like you to believe otherwise. That's right. Um, um, that has been the flow of the, yeah, there was a 14, between 2010 and 2020, there was a 14.6% increase in the population of the state, nearly twice the rate of growth for the country and enough to earn Florida. They got another congressional district. Um, minorities had driven 90% of the population growth. Yeah. So, you know, Here's my thing. You've got when I was looking at the destruction, the overhead destruction, especially going back to these communities that don't have a lot of money, like the trailer park communities, like the and those are retired people. This is, you know, and I think that sometimes I think we in this country look down on a community like that. We we make assumptions. You know what I mean? You don't know who lives there. You know what well, I mean? No, I mean, well, what, we've been trained in the stereotype of the welfare right. mom, which is a black woman with a cigarette hanging in her mouth and just a baby on her hip who is just collecting a check. That or, is the, or, the racist or, or stereotype or the, of poverty or, or some hicks. You know, you know? Or, or a person or a white person who's poor. Appalachian and hick. Yeah. But yeah, and that people want to look down upon. There's yes. all kinds of people in these communities. These are our brothers and sisters. And I was looking at people's homes tipped over on their sides. I ripped off the tops off. These are, and when you talk about the people who are going to come back to nothing. If they were able to leave, because think about it right now. Could we even... That's right. How far could I get today right. if I needed to make an emergency escape out of here? That's right. Gas overnight, the price of gas in California went up to almost $7 last night. Yeah. It's the biggest overnight increase ever, apparently, I think. Um, how far can I get, given what's in my bank account? Well, look at what, talk about it. Let's let's talk about it. Let's talk about our Russian brothers and uh, brothers trying to get out the their country, trying to pay $11,000 for a flight. To a country that doesn't require, you know, a visa. 
See, to me, remember all the reporters here talking about how we can't really gauge how the Russian population feels about this war, but it seems like they, you know, seem to be okay with it, at least in Ukraine. But that doesn't say okay to me. No. I won't do anything to get out of the country. Doesn't say okay to me. And I mean, and everybody, we are watching, you talk about, you know, gas prices. I'm watching people get out their cars and hoof it on foot to try to get to safety and not have to go to war. Okay. Speaking of which, New York, uh, this is from the New York Times, Russian soldiers describe chaos, criticized Putin and intercepted calls home. Russian soldiers who made unauthorized phone calls home told wives, girlfriends, parents, and friends that Moscow's invasion went horribly from the start. All right. The Times posted audio clips of some of the calls which were intercepted by a Ukrainian intelligence. In one, a soldier identified as Alexander said, Putin is a fool. He wants to take Kiev. Kiev, I'm sorry, but uh, but there's no way we can do it. And and he's calling up an, another cons- conscription. People are running. I'm going to say something I have never said. I didn't say it about Saddam. I didn't I didn't say it about Al-Qaeda. I didn't I didn't say it after 9-11. They need to go in and kill this man. Regime change. We have said that regime change. Like the reality here is that Putin is a very dangerous man. We read article after article about him wanting to go, quote, Kim Jong, uh, you know, uh, like I think that that repeatedly what I what I keep saying is what I'm concerned about is I, I don't think it's. I, I believe it is on his pos- on his like top three next things to do is to drop some sort of nuke yeah. on some sort of part of the Ukraine. And, and here's my thing. Cry now or cry later. We have what, you know, this war is going poorly. When this, I don't think that this is a man who withdraws. No. He applies more pressure. He's got more pressure to apply. He would. He's the man who kills it if he can't have it. That's right. He'll destroy it. That's right. That's right. The EU proposes more Russia sanctions. I'm going to tell you, you're done with your sanctions. Your sanctions ain't working. Or you know, if I there, if there are more to make them, then just make them all. Yes. Like what? What are we holding back at this point? Nothing. You know, like just I. I, this is the thing, and we I know it's a really hard thing because it's from our interpersonal relationships to big government. This idea that we can control what other people say or do by what we say or do. Yep. Right. This concept that if I if I if we put things in a certain way, if we do things a certain the, this person is not operating in a plan a place of rationality. No. Because it doesn't make sense, right? Given no. what's going on in Russia for for them to put use his resources and hurt his own population this way. It is a bad idea. But but he's still doing it. And that's power hungry. There's nothing we can do to change that. You right. know, you can't change no. that taste in his mouth. No. I can't go in there and say, you know what? You know what, Putin? I'm gonna change the t- I, you know, I'm gonna change but how what, you view what, the world. What are you saying, Francis? <laughs> I'm gonna change the taste in your mouth. I You're want the to... taste in your mouth to be mm. about about honoring the Russian people and I culture. Don't supporting no. women and men no. of, of of your of your of your country no, and it. nationhood no. and making them proud and make being a proud strong leader mm. for them i see you falling out of window <laughs> i mean very soon <laughs> very soon the window slippery in your home 
And they're very slippery. <laughs> very true. The U.S. is to send the Ukraine another $1.1 billion in security aid. So far, this is the 22nd such package, all right, which will bring the U.S. commitment alone, alone to $16.2 billion since Russia invaded Ukraine in late February. And we'll be right back after these messages. Are you struggling with our broken healthcare system in America? My name is Laura Packard, and my podcast, Care Talk, covers healthcare in America from a progressive perspective. Don't have health insurance? Don't understand the differences between insurance plans? Dealing with surprise medical bills, out of control prescription drug costs, or can't get the care you need? We'll get you answers. Do you think healthcare is a human right and we've got to do better in this country? If this describes you or a friend or family member, listen to Care Talk with Laura Packard, podcast weekly on Tuesdays. Our healthcare experts answer your questions every week, and they go in-depth on healthcare topics such as access to abortion after Roe, how gun violence affects healthcare, fighting medical bills, and more. Go to act.tv slash care talk or search for Care Talk with Laura Packard on your favorite podcast app to listen today. Welcome back. You know, that was my thing. It's like, you know, we're talking about Ukraine, U.S. sending money over to Ukraine. And, you know, and... Has anybody been keeping a a tab on this? (laughs) I mean, I'm all for it. I'm not, I'm just asking. I'm just asking, is anybody, could somebody ask Lois in accounting, just like, where are we at on this? Hey, Lois, Lois, how how much have we sent over to Ukraine? I'm waiting waiting for their dry cleaning receipts. Just a minute. Just a minute. (laughs) No, I'm in favor of it. I'm just, I haven't seen a total yet. And to me, it sort of feels like we've been parsing this aid out and maybe we just need to give them a credit card. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. what would be, you know what I mean? Because I'm like, we're well, committing. the thing. We're not, we're still not giving them what they asked for. That's the is- thing. I'm like, would it not be, we're at the point where I start going, would it not be a better idea to just give them this list of shit? Like, That's I it. don't, like, because maybe we, they could end this, Thank you know? You, um, And it just seems like instead we're just sending out just enough to keep them in it yes and i'm not playing and i know other nations should be in, and have been giving and i know the u.s is i it's my understanding the US is doing more than anyone but i don't i could be wrong about that but that's been my understanding um but i look at this and i'm like what what I, it just seems like you know how i am francis i think it's um churchill who has his quote is something like um no matter how beautiful a strategy may be um it is important or useful to look at the results every once in a while like yep. like like we're you know like just to just do a quick step back and go okay it's sanctions yep are they working do they work what have they done right what are we you know um uh, the way that you handle putin uh, negotiations all of these things take a look at them and go where are we what's working what isn't working because the idea is and i keep i keep hearing that man He's an American who's lived in Ukraine for some time. He's now he's a Ukrainian citizen. And he said at the very beginning of this, like the first week of the Russian incursion in, he said, or the second week or something like that, we're talking about U.S. sending aid and all that. And he said, look, it does, you know, do we want to, does the United States want to support the Ukraine down to the last Ukrainian? That's right. And it feels like we're, 
like that that's what's going on that yeah. like yes these people are doing they are blowing everyone's minds you know they've even been able to gain some territory back but they are at the end of the day are we are we just prolonging this fight when we might have the ability and we are neither of us are military strategists we don't you know i'm i'm we're i'm asking the question yeah you know i don't have the agenda i'm asking the question like is there um is there a, a way or i mean i have to know i have to believe that they're looking at this how things are working but yeah how can we stop this? Yep, that, that's what I mean. And that's what I, when I said it before the break, which is, we want to call it a regime change, fine. That's the nice way of saying fucking kill Putin. Yeah. I know that we're not supposed to advocate for assassinations. I know no. that. And I'm not really, but. I know, I know. But you know what I'm happy about? The January 6th rioter sentenced to 86 months for assaulting the, a police officer. You only do it in months like it's a baby. I know, which is a little bit over seven. It's like seven years and one month and one like, or two months. In, yeah. For a couple days. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Capital rioter Kyle Young got 86 months in prison for attacking a Washington, D.C. police officer, Michael Fanone, who is become like one of the most great outspoken victims of that day as far as i'm concerned you know i wish we had more people who were in congress who spoke out about that day you know what i mean in this way but uh but during the attack by uh the mob of then president donald trump's supporters several uh rioters attacked fanon but jackson the, the judge jackson described Young as a one-man wrecking ball who assaulted mm-hmm. Fanon under, quote, under the whirling banner of a Blue Lives Matter flag. Which, come on! Like, I, you know, to call it irony is not even fair to the term. No. It's like, it's it's like, what, I get my mind, I still can't I'll get my mind around the mass delusion involved in saying you support law and order and the police as you literally try to kill them. That's right. That's right. And still, and you know what, but this is the thing about being a willing participant of a delusion. When you are a willing participant of a delusion, you can march in, try to overthrow, beat up the police. Mm-hmm. Scream killing him with his own weapon. With his own weapon. With his own weapon. And with your child, this is the guy who had his kid, his 16-year-old kid in tow. This is the example of what, to me, needs to be reckoned with. Let me tell you how many Black people are dead because officers felt afraid. I told my husband that. I said, you know what? You can't you can't come at me. They can't come at me at all. Mm -mm. Black people can't survive a fucking traffic stop. Mm -mm. This man came in and beat down the police on several recordings. There's no question. We've got several pieces of video evidence, not to mention us all watching it. Like it's it's just and and here we are. I mean, months? Like, I mean, I know it's seven years, but I need. So to me, that's like seven to 10. Give them the fucking 10. Like, I don't know where, how this works because this is something I, are you kidding me? Let two black people run up in Congress right now with no weapons and see what happens. Like, it's just, I, I'm so, yes, I'm glad the sentencing happened, you know, but come 
on. Yes. And I just wanted to mention this because I hadn't heard anything about it. Six were injured in a shooting at a California yes. school. Nobody's talked about it at all. At it's not all. at all. In East Oakland, California, uh, the shooting was more than 130 at U.S. schools this year. Just now that, that, that number. That blew the shit out of my mind. I'm like, there have been 130 shootings at schools this year? Yep. 130. That's 130. Like, like, think about that. 130. I don't know what that compares to last year, the year before. I don't know. I don't have those data. But I was like, I haven't heard about 130 shootings. I know no, that. No. And then not even this one, which were there were six injured in. And we're in the know. state. Yeah. There are no details. We don't know who ha what happened. You know, anything. Also, <laughs> yes. I do want to, can, if we can skip over uh, to the, the last thing real quick. The Mitch McConnell endorsed a bipartisan electoral count reform bill in the Senate, which now has the public support from 11 Republican senators and mm. uh, and Mitch McConnell's support. Although he said it, he did have to throw in there, you know, we, these election reforms, part of it is to make sure what, obviously it's about what happened on January 6th and stopping yes. anybody from thinking the vice president can do anything other than be there. Um but Mitch McConnell did take the opportunity to say this is to stop Democrats from protesting the elections as they did in these other years, which is crazy. But I just wanted to point out real quick, there was one vote. There's been so far one lone senator to vote against it, which was none other than the tap danciest of them all, Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz! But I wanted to say this because it pisses me off. Chuck Schumer is continually being critiqued by me too, but continually in the the media they're talking about how he doesn't have control of his caucus yeah because of two senators yeah i want you to pay attention to the fact that the head the actual the head of the the senate minority mitch mcconnell or they're not really they're like the halfies mm -hmm. uh mitch mcconnell that he has with him 11 senators that means that he doesn't have control that's right how many 39 that's right. Why is anybody calling him incompetent and incapable of controlling his caucus? Because if I'm on, if I'm not mistaken, if he says he's for it, shouldn't I be hearing from everybody before it? If That's he right. has control of his caucus, That's instead, right. what I'm hearing is, oh, isn't that great that there are these eleven? People want to celebrate those eleven and talk about how that makes sense. And look, Mitch McConnell's even doing it. They give him that cred without making the critique. That's and right. and and the critique here to me is two senators who we are punk ass fools who we both know aren't really Democrats. Yep. Sinema and Manchin and Schumer is a completely ineffectual leader. Mitch McConnell can't get more than 11 people. No, no. And nobody criticizes him for that. No and that, word. And that is our final word. And now it's time for emails, emails. Time to go get your emails. Good. Thank you for writing us at frangelo08 at gmail.com. We mm. love hearing from you. This email is from Krista A., she says, hello, gorgeous ladies. I heard you two through the live MSW media show and have been binging your podcast ever since. So many episodes. I cannot get enough of your humor. I just listened to the July 25th, 2022 idiot episode. And I started to wonder why Francis isn't a defense lawyer. <laughs> the way she explained how Shante, the funeral service provider in Ohio, was just trying to help his community and just, quote, fell behind on doing the bodies. It made me think <laughs> twice about his guilt. <laughs> 
You two should really start doing courtroom skits about some of these idiots. I would die to listen to those. Perhaps the listeners could be the jury. You could keep a running tally of wins or losses on your website. I also want to thank you both for helping me gain more confidence in how to be an effective ally. As a white woman, I've been using my voice to speak up in defense of those less privileged. However, I have sometimes hesitated, particularly when it is from someone within those same communities that is spewing racist rhetoric. For instance, I have a friend who is amazingly intelligent and caring person. She's a doctor in a highly specialized field, and I think the world of her. But I often avoid political conversations with her or hesitate to chime in regarding issues of colored communities because she's a Republican, supports Trump, hates the idea of socialized medicine. She says, because without capitalism, there won't be any competition to push new medical breakthroughs, which is just wrong. And regurgitates Republican talking points. More importantly, she's black and her mother is an immigrant. So I've always felt like I can't argue with her perspective, but she is from these communities. What new perspectives could I give her that she wouldn't already be aware of or argue anyway? Listening to your podcast, the truths and perspectives provided by you both have been enlightening and inspiring. You have made me realize that it doesn't matter if I'm not an expert, nor does it matter who I'm talking to. It is far better that I stand my ground when someone needs defending, even if it's from someone in their community. Thank you so much. Love you both, Kay. Oh, that is a tough one. Let me tell you something. White people, white racist people don't have, don't they haven't cornered the market on stupid and delusional. No. no. Uh, Clarence Thomas, Tim Scott. Yeah, we could go on. We and could on go on and on. And on. on. There are plenty of these people around. And I think um, often what I, and it's the same phenomenon we see in a lot of, I, I think that a lot of times when people, are in different communities. There's a lot of reasons for people to have the attitudes and ideas that they have. Right. But here's the thing. You don't have to be black to hate racist, a racism. You don't have to be black to deal with somebody in your presence. If you're in a room with all white people and you're white and somebody says something racist, say something. Yeah. Do you know, like, and, and I think we do have to ask ourselves, you know, are people is racism. Is it okay with you? Yeah. Regardless of who it comes from. And, and that is, you know, that is that's a hard thing to come to grips with when there are people that you've liked and cared about. But um, my uh, basically brother-in-law made a really good point. And he's like, I can no longer think of racist people as intelligent because in order to be racist, you have to ignore a whole bunch of information and facts, which yeah. does not make you intelligent. Yep. 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 And now it's time for resistance. Of course, we're all about the November elections with the resistance. So we thought we'd give a shout out to uh, the former first lady and the forever first lady, Michelle Obama's organization, whenweallvote.org. Yes, there you can go there. To, you can do all kinds of amazing things there. You can register to vote. You can check your voter registration status. You can find your polling place. You can vote by mail. You can pledge to vote. If you're not 18 yet, you can pledge to register. That's what you can do with your young people, believe it or not. And then you can find out what's on your ballot, okay? Because we are 40 days until the midterm elections. And everybody, don't let me find out you didn't vote. That's right. Don't let me find it out. And this is Plan Your Vote, all those organizations. But one of the things that they do is there's lots of ways for you to get involved. You can go to the website now. They've got other ways for you to get involved and making sure we get out that vote. Because, of course, we our lives depend on it, for real. That's right. I'm Francis Callier. I'm Angela V. Shelton. We are Frangela. Thank you so much for listening to The Final Word.
Today, we discuss Miro. Listen, when it comes to running client workshops, the dream, of course, is to get those creative juices flowing, right? But typically what ends up happening is thousands of hours get wasted because of poorly facilitated meetings. So I have Maya with me today. She's a consultant who runs Fortune 100 workshops from leadership training to team building, and she has the insider tip on what makes things work. Maya? Thank you, Jason. I've been doing this a long time. My number one tip is to bring everyone into that visual collaboration platform. So personally, I use Miro and it's completely changed how I interact with the room. You have to give people a way to feel like they're in the room even when they're not. That's something you can do easily in Miro. Otherwise, they've seen the same slides and format a thousand times. Falling asleep, eyes glazing over, yawns, all that. Exactly. When people follow me on the Miro board, everyone is literally going on a journey with me. We're adding thoughts, we're reacting, and we're voting for the best ideas. It's great. Connective magic. I like it. That's M-I-R-O dot com.